You are listening to the Gear 30 Podcast, a community, you could even call it a support group, for people addicted to outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. There is no shame here. In spite of what your spouse or partner may say, we believe it's okay to own five tents, seven backpacks, and 18 jackets. Our slogan, inspired by the great explorer Sir Ranolf Fiennes, is, there is no such thing as bad weather, only inappropriate gear. So if you're an aspiring outdoor adventurer, a mountain guide, or anyone in between, you are in the right place. about outdoor adventuring and all the gear that goes with it. Today, um, we're going to talk about dogs in the outdoors. So, um, Chase is on hiatus. Where is he? Is he out he adventuring? Is backpacking the he is. Teton Crest Trail right now. Of course he is. What a I know. Does he ever work? Not really, actually. No. Yeah. He's always just During the summer, he's like, see you later, suckers. Well, I don't blame him. Yeah. Um, Cool. So, but Sarah is with us. She is the manager of Gear 30, and she is uh, the all-knowing Sarah, the wisdom. The wisdomist. The discovered. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Remember that. Yep. And um, because she is the wisdomist, I want to ask her about how do you go into the outdoors, into the backcountry with dogs? I know diddly squat about that. No, but you're the wisdomist. Oh, wisdomist. Okay, let me see. So you go in the backcountry, make sure it's a dog-approved trail, otherwise you're going to be in a great deal of trouble. All right, so Brandon, what do we do with dogs <laughs> in the <laughs> Just Bring I'm a little poop dog. bag. I like a dog-approved trail, that's good. I'm hey. just kidding. Yeah. No, that was actually good. I, See, that's I, your first step. I thought it would be funny if I acted like you didn't have anything. Uh, anyway, that was stupid. <laughs> Keep going. That was actually a really good... That was actually a Thank really you. good... Uh, I have wisdom, see? Wisdom Even if I just make it up. Um, yeah, so from what I understand, me and all my dog knowledge, you want to make sure that your trail is dog friendly. Okay. Because there are some areas, I think, like even in Utah, like Little Cottonwood Canyon, or you cannot take they dogs. They will throw you in jail. Yeah, so. And that's, it's a watershed. Yeah. So. Yep. So they want to make sure that they can preserve um, things, I guess. Um, the water. The water. <laughs> Prove the water. So that's something that you have to be aware of um, and to see if it's like a dog on leash or whatever type of, I guess, requirements that they have for the area. But I mean, I like I said, I've never had a dog, but um, I have gone out with a lot of friends and it is so much fun to go hiking with a pup. Like I feel like their energy and excitement and like, all right, yeah, let's go. Let's run. Let's like, let's do this stuff. And so I have a, I have a very well-behaved outdoorsy now really old um <laughs> dog mm-hmm. harry harry is a border collie we think lab mix he was a rescue we have no idea what he actually is but I'm pretty sure herding breed border collie of some type um great dog listens well trained well um and it's hard for me to keep him on a leash in the backcountry because when i call him he comes however right. i had I think I had a le I think I had a leash on him, but I had let go of the leash, like just to let him walk down the trail and it was like kind of bouncing behind him when when we came across a moose in the Uintas mm-hmm. that he chased. Yeah. 
and that scared the heck out of me because <laughs> the leash one it's a moose you never want your dog chasing wildlife it's bad news uh it's bad it's a bad deal and two like the leash could have caught a tree and he would have been a sitting duck for that the moose to stomp on him to, or to boost it for bad things to happen yeah so um got got the dog back called him back finally came back um because moose and deer are the two things that will distract him enough that it's hard to call back yeah. um and that's not that's not good so if that's the case, uh, and then I so I kept him on a leash. And what I do is I I have a harness for him, um, like a little uh, doggy like backpack for him, you know, a little <laughs> harness thing. And then I clip that to my belt, mm-hmm. and then I don't have to hold him or anything. And he just leads me right. down the trail, helps which you is, up the hills. It helps me up the hills. Yeah. yeah, that's nice. And and it's it's good, except for I wish I could leave him off, but it there's just too as good as he is there's just too much too much trouble you can get into where i do lead him off is on technical terrain above tree line mm. because i don't want to impede him with the lead that he would fall or something like they they're so agile that the, if i'm tugging on him in any way like i could screw up screw things up so yeah um yeah but there's and that's like there's so many people out there with dogs like so many people out there with dogs and lots of lots of them off leash and some of them are a lot of them are just fine right um and then so the only problem comes when you run into wildlife and are they trained well enough to come when you call them and that kind of thing um the other the other thing is locally uh if you go on day hikes with your dogs a lot of the local trails you know there's so many people you want to keep them on a lead but um outside of that it's how do you keep your dog um from not overheating Right. having enough water and i almost had to carry we have a we had a newfoundland at one time who's since passed we did what's the hike behind snow basin up to it's a it's a really good mountain bike trail actually oh the, uh, the sardine old, peak the sardine yeah so there's the splits right so we did that and i thought i was gonna have to carry him off i thought i was gonna have to throw him off and he's like a hundred something pounds <laughs> over my shoulder because it was so hot and they would walk from shade spot to shade spot but the dirt on the paws and that's when i th- i didn't know and i because because if you're on shoe if you have shoes and you don't feel how hot the dirt is you don't realize that it can burn your burn dog's paws paws right. and you and it's like these are the things that man i wish i would have thought of and not like experienced in the moment on the trail now that sucks like i should have like, i feel like i should have known that um, I think also, I mean, I know a lot of people have taken their dogs out and stuff and just haven't thought about their feet, right? And they've come back with bloody paws and stuff like that just because they haven't put that forethought into it. So, like, if you have a dog, I mean, make sure that you're thinking about them and, you know, what's the trail you're going on? What kind of – is it going to be super gravelly? Is it going to have, like, a dirt pathway or whatever it is? They're typically so self-sufficient that it's like I let the dog out of the – house and into the car and then we go onto the trail and they do their thing and everything's fine but really that's the case is, is you've got to like think about what are their needs i need to make sure i've got a water ball bowl mm-hmm. uh and i'm not trying to just squirt water into their mouth from whatever like i want their, i want them to have their own bowl and i want their paws protected and i want to make sure that we go maybe earlier in the day so that it's cooler and and is there a water source where they can swim and cool off like also what kind of dog you're you taking have, a you living know? thing with well, not a human but a living you know with you like it's your responsibility and it's a 
I think one of the like the Heavy saddest one. things that I saw is it was like 90s. I don't know. I, I got a late start to do a hike one time and I got up there and it was hot as Hades. Like it was so terrible. And I get up on this hike and I see this couple with these like huskies and it's like they're just not made for that environment. And they were just panting and then like they didn't even have water for that for the dogs. And it just made me so sad to think that people aren't aware that, yeah. you know, what that's not the type of dog that you can go in the middle of the day and just take them. Well, yeah. And mm. it, uh, breeds breeds are different yeah. too, but yeah. Yeah. Different breeds. And I mean, huskies during the summer, they lose their thick, warm yeah. undercoat. And so that long hair kind of actually almost, it's almost like sheep. It almost yeah, protects them from the sun. They didn't look too happy. Well, <laughs> on a hot day, any dog's going to be panting and warm because that's how they yeah. cool themselves off. And uh, that's not to say that they didn't need water. Of course they did. But even my dog, that's a short hair breed. Um, she, she pants like crazy and acts like she's super hot. And, and okay, random that. question: Can you put like a, a sun deterrent on short-haired dogs, so it doesn't so it like doesn't mess with their yeah yeah like a sunscreen? Maybe I, I just thought uh, of that. I mean, she's never had um, an issue with getting sunburn, even with her short hair. But I will tell you. So just last week, I went and hiked up Ben Lomond to the top of Ben Lomond with her, and when we went hiking we weren't planning on going all the way to the top i was just going to go out for a short hike and then by the time we realized that we were most of the way up the mountain and just decided to finish it off but she got a attacked by a cat just mountain like lion three no <laughs> a mama house cat <laughs> <laughs> the worst she, uh, yeah she was being um, watched by a neighbor while we were on a, at a family reunion and that neighbor had some cats and she had never really been around cats much. She saw some kittens and got excited, and Mama Cat wasn't having any of that, so put her in her place. Anyway, so she had this gouge on her back that got infected, and we she was on antibiotics and stuff. When we took her to the vet, the vet had to shave around the, the wound. Mm. And so she had a bare spot of skin on her back from where it had been shaved. I didn't think anything of it because we weren't going to be out that long. But suddenly that bare spot of skin I was afraid was going to get sunburn. Sunburn. Yeah. So as we're hiking up, I found some mud, found a place where there's a little bit of mud and I rubbed some mud on, over the skin to act as a sunscreen on that spot. And then she, I mean, she was fine the rest of the time. She didn't get sunburn anywhere and, and she was fine, but she was panting a lot. We didn't have enough water. So we had to find some, go searching for some water in the bushes. And so I always things. take an extra water for the dog Yeah. and in an, a bowl, like a collapsible bowl for the dog um, separate. And then I try to remember to leave another thing of water in my car because I'm going to assume that something bad could happen and we run out of water on the trail. There's water in the car. If we can just get back to the car, there's water in the car. Because if you don't have water in the car, then it's like, oh my gosh, now we got to go to the car and the car is hot and then you got to go drive somewhere and find water. Yeah. So I try to leave. So that's a, that's one thing I try to do is, is water in the car and extra water on my person on top of the water that I carry for myself right? for the dog. Um, yeah. And then I don't know. So I know, I know a lot of people are like really have strong feelings against dogs chasing wild animals. And, um, and I completely understand the, the logic behind why that would be wrong. Um, but I, I let my dog run when I'm on the trails. I don't keep her on the leash. Um, she's a bird dog. 
she's always pulling me into the bushes, sniffing after something, trying to find birds and other things. And she doesn't carry a backpack because the first time we put a backpack on her, she ripped it into pieces like within a half hour because <laughs> she was darting through the bushes and climbing Sounds over like and dog. under stuff. And anyway, I just kind of let my dog go. She's a She's really nice around people. She doesn't bother horses. If I ever see horses, I call her. She comes right away. But same as your dog, with your dog, when she sees a moose or a deer, she wants to chase it. Now, she's gotten wise to moose because she's around moose all the time. There's, <laughs> moose aren't afraid, you there's typically. tons of moose up where we live, and she sees moose all the time. So she won't chase moose unless they're running away from her. But I don't mind that because I'm afraid of moose. <laughs> and take it doesn't it doesn't bother me if she chases the moose away from where I'm at. But when we were hiking up the mountain, we ran into a big bull moose, and that bull moose was not moving. And she wouldn't go near that bull moose. And so we ended up having to bushwhack Smart. to go all the way around it to get back on the trail. And, yeah, she she's chased a bull moose away before, but that bull moose was already, like, booking it away from us. But this one was just comfortable where he was, and he was not going anywhere. And the dog didn't didn't mess with it. No, you need like a freaking pack of dogs to even intimidate. Right. Begin to intimidate a bull moose. Yeah, right. mine chased a moose in the Uintas because it was a uh, smaller. I don't know if I, I don't think it was a bull. And it was, uh, I think it's like, like spooked it. You know, like yeah. we went around the corner and it spooked. And as soon as it spooks and starts to run off, that's when the dog gives chase. And then it's like, okay, here we go. We're right. in trouble now. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I will say though, cause a lot of times my wife is taking the dog out trail running early in the morning and she's out there by herself. And so I love to have the dog with her and I like to have the dog off the leash because there are times where, you know, the dog has scared off moose and cause she's usually, she's usually 50 yards ahead of her on the trail. And if there are mountain bikers coming, she gets out of the way. And if there kind of are... like a warning or something like that? Yeah, if there's a wild animal, she'll bark and she'll chase it away. Or if if she if there's a big moose or something that she's intimidated by, she'll usually run back to my wife and kind of warn her. My wife knows, hey, if, if the dog's coming back, there's something up. Did you put your dog through uh, rattlesnake training? We didn't, no. And... Um, you know, it'd be a good idea. She's actually they have that. Yeah, yeah, that is genius. They have rattlesnake avoidance classes specifically around here because we have so many for so dogs. Many. I saw a little baby one just the other day. So I didn't put mine, th- and I didn't realize that dogs aren't initially scared of, like they're. Though I had a husky that just went right up and sniffed a rattlesnake. Yeah, and it scared the crap out of me. I, we're just dumb luck it didn't bite. You know. Yeah. Um, oh man, it was so scary. So. And they can be all over our hills here in right. Ogden, but um, you can't take classes so that they learn that those snakes are bad. Don't sniff them. Yeah. <laughs> Don't <laughs> avoid sniff them. the rat Avoid snake. them. Yeah. It's basically just an avoidance, recognition and avoidance mm-hmm. type training. Yeah. Yeah. We haven't done that with our dogs so far. But you guys are up in the <laughs> so valley and I know there's just not as many. No, they still have there. them, but not as many. It's not quite as warm up there. And yeah. this side of the mountains definitely has have more. Um, she's run into rattlesnakes many actually run over the top of them like literally running down the trail there's one in the middle of the trail and she just jumps right over the top and doesn't even realize it's there and she's done that quite a few times when I've been out with her Um, there was one time my wife is on heading up Lewis Peak with her with the dog and 
it was late at night, ran into a massive rattlesnake in the middle of the trail. And it was coiled up and rattling, and my dog wanted nothing to do with that snake. It was like, well, according to my wife, as soon as that snake started rattling and coiled up, the dog did a 180 and booked it the other direction and wouldn't go within like 50 yards of it. Just stayed way away. Smart dog. The rattle yeah. works. Yeah, the rattle works. Yeah. yeah. But um, my dog's found some skunks. She's been sprayed four or five times with skunks. Yes, yeah, skunks. Okay, so that's interesting. My dog sniffed a skunk's behind, and I had to take the dog home. Smell. So, pro tip: maybe leave like a tarp or or Tyvek <laughs> or something in your car the in case yeah. the dog is completely either gross mud because you will find like gross old standing water sometimes that dogs will just find and roll in, and they are disgusting smelling. And so, like, unless you want your seats or whatever to smell like that like or skunk which right. happened in snow basin actually um the skunk went to a picnic table it's like they were boyfriend girlfriend like harry <laughs> went over there and was like hey there mr skunk let's what <laughs> they, they became quick friends and uh and it, i didn't see the skunk spray my dog and, and i had my eyes on him the whole time he so if it did, it wasn't a massive spray or massive cloud, but it stunk so bad. I mean, question: They put a killing on those things. Did you bathe it in tomato? tomato no, juice? no, I didn't do yes. the pota- tomato. I just, just wondered regular. If that works. Yeah, I don't know. I just regular. So. We did. I took him immediately to the pond that's up there. He jumped in the pond, and then and then I just I had I, I think I actually did have a tarp in my car at the really? time, and then. Um, and then just bathe them when it got One of the story is be prepared. But be prepared, yeah, because dogs get into things. Yeah, but even if it's not a skunk, I mean, like you said, like dirt or all sorts of grime or whatever there is. They'll roll in horse dung, they, yeah. poop, whatever. They'll even probably like bring a big chunk of horse crap or like <laughs> in their mouth. In their mouths. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then that. they'll lick you in the face. Yeah. Mm. Um, so my dog, the last time she got sprayed by a skunk, was in our backyard, in our in the field behind our backyard. Um, and so we didn't see it. We could just smell it, but I scrubbed her with, um, uh, baking soda, hydrogen peroxide and it's baking soda. Yeah, I think so. Baking soda, hydrogen peroxide and dish soap mm. and some water. And, um, I scrubbed her really well. The smell was gone. It was, uh, it was awesome because the three other times she's been sprayed before oh, that, I, I, still other I still scrubbed her with that, but I didn't scrub her as thoroughly, and she still had lingering smell for like three or four days. Um, but this time, I scrubbed thoroughly. Like, she was she was not thrilled with that I wonder scrubbing. if onions would work. My wife swears by an onion scrub. And so the other day when we were camping, uh, my mom's generator needed gas, and the only her only gas can was this god-awful gas can that I got gas i doused my hands in gas and i was like this is disgusting i have heard that gas works and so well i don't know if you want to put gas all over your dog i mean just like but in general (laughs) yeah but i but i did you just take an onion and you slice it and you just rub your your hands on the sliced onion get a little wet you know and then use a a sponge that's a little bit of grit on it with the with the onion and and i did that two or three times and that gas smells gas smells last forever was was gone i'm wondering Interesting. If an onion would work on a on a dog, yeah, I don't know. to help get the skunk smell, I just out. I just um, 
I Googled the first time it happened, I Googled what to do and, and there were a bunch of different suggestions, but the one that was the most common suggestion was the dish soap, hydrogen peroxide, baking soda. Um, and I tried it and it worked pretty well. But again, that last time I just scrubbed that dog for like 30 minutes and there was no smell left, which was pretty awesome. Um, but now we've run into skunks on two separate occasions since that last time, which was this spring. And my dog, as soon as she sees that it's a skunk, she takes off the other Finally way. Finally has yeah, learned, she's learned, learned, like, this is bad news. So I'm crossing my fingers that that was the last time. Probably won't be. She's only four. And yeah. four times. She's like got a once, lot of life. Once a year. Yeah. Well, yeah. I really do like to see dogs on the trails. All kinds of dogs. I like seeing from, like, the pit bulls to, like, the mini, mini whatevers, you know, like tiny dogs. Because, yeah, you see a lot of, like, the outdoorsy breeds, the... Oh, what are those categories? The working dogs working and, dogs the, and yeah. the hunting, whatever right. those are. Um, sporting dogs. Sporting dogs. But the ones that are off off breed for outdoors, oh, man, they're some of my favorite to see yeah. people walking on the trails. And the, and they couldn't be happier, it looks like, you right. know, from their face. They're like, oh, it's the greatest day ever, you know. They yeah. do look so – like, I don't ever have a dog, but I, like I said, I, I love going out with my friends because their dogs are so much fun. Yeah, they're just, just happy. Yes. Love to be out there. Love yeah. to. You don't have to have a retriever, in other words, to take your puppy out on the trails. You can have a little chihuahua, poodle, whatever. Just put them uh, in the backpack. Which I've seen plenty yeah. of, by the way. Yeah. It's just, it's just a matter of being making sure to take ex- stop by the gear shop. Not, not necessarily here, but pet store or something. Yeah. And make sure you grab um, the things. Uh for to take care of the pet while it's out there and think of the, the heat is a big one that people maybe don't consider because it's not like i mean if you're hot the dog's hot basically right. so yeah well, that's, the, but that's the, the thing about the season that's nice though is it's getting cooler and don't i mean yeah you still want to bring water and stuff but it's a perfect time to like go for hikes and take your pup out and yeah explore a little bit you know one thing my dog is a short-haired dog it's a a pointer of ishtha and um she has a harder time in the winter because it's so cold. Um, so I used to put a jacket on her, but then the jackets would get all frozen up around her legs and rubber until her legs were rubbed raw because we'd be out there backcountry skiing for hours and hours, and by the by the end she was bloody on all of the edges of where her jacket would rub on her. It's oh, terrible. That's dog abuse. <laughs> right. <laughs> I'm a horrible owner. Um, so I, I stopped putting a jacket on her because... I thought, well, maybe the jacket's actually doing more bad than good. And even still, like, it's cold where we live. Um, it'll be negative five degrees when I take off at the trailhead or whatever. And for about the first hour and a half, my dog is just having the time of her life, sprinting everywhere, just diving in the snow, loving it. And then the second, like, the next two hours, she's shivering and cold and looks miserable. Um, but she's not all bloody, I guess, by the end. <laughs> Um, yeah. But even every time I start getting my ski stuff together, she starts going nuts because she gets so excited. Um, but the one area where I had to figure out some solutions was in the snow. Her paws would get torn up from ice and ice crystals mm-hmm. and stuff and get cuts on them. And so I found um, this wax, this paw wax, the mushers something or other. It's like mushers wax um, that I'd rub on her paws. And I'd also rub it on areas where... Um, like I didn't want snow to stick and stuff like that. And it actually would help protect her from snow clumping up on her paws and, and other things and, and 
parts of her body icing up when she's out in the snow all the time. So that's one thing that I'd suggest for people. It actually works quite well. Um, do you order that online or do you find it? I bought it here. Um, we ordered it. Uh, we got it from Liberty Mountain. Um, it's good to know. We should bring that in yeah. for sure. But I used to bring it in just during the winter for people who would take the dogs up to snow basin skinning or whatever in the morning. You get like a little doggy wool sweater. Just throwing that out there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just imagining it running in a little sweater and I think it'd be cute. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, it's um, that musher's choice. I think it's that's what it's called. Musher's choice. But it's a paw wax stuff. Yeah. That um, like dog sled mushers will use on their dogs sometimes. And it's it not only keeps the snow from clumping and kind of protects, but it also is kind of moisturizing and nourishing for the paws a little bit. It helps cuts heal and stuff like that. So that was good. And also the other thing that I would always take with me if I'm backpacking is from Adventure Medical Kits. They make a little dog first aid kit that I bought for my dog and they've got like little tweezers for pulling out thorns and ticks and other things and a, a variety of just little things. Well, and um, people would come and ask for booties and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Booties. You can get the booties too. We tried that with our dog and she ripped them, ripped them off quite quickly. But we've found that because we're taking our dog on the trail <clears throat> almost every morning, her paws got tough enough that when we'd backpack, she could handle it. And after a, a full day of backpacking, full day of hiking, her paws were sore. But oh, our feet I were sore, and we had shoes on, so I figured it's all. I do have another uh, thing to, that I've experienced with my dog that uh, something to consider, because you mentioned you take your dog out every morning. Where Harry, I was hiking with when I was hiking heavily, like once every other week, once a week, maybe once every other week. But then we took him. I took him to do three fourteeners in a row in Colorado, and day one. It was great, and it was a long hike in. It was, it was long, much longer than doing like a Ben Loman thing here, and it's a 14,000-foot peak. And then day two was not as long but steep. And towards the end of day two, on the way down, he slowed down quite a bit, and, and the shoulders and his joints started to get sore. And then day three, we went to go do the easiest of the 14ers, and he wasn't walking. <laughs> he didn't want to. He didn't want to go. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, this is – this is bad news. And, and so we ended up, um, parking in, in this place where it was in the shade, but we had to get, we had to do the 14 er and come back down in time before the sun hit the car. Cause otherwise I'm going to have like, uh, my dog's going to freaking die. Right. So it was like panic mode, but he would not, I couldn't put him through the hike. There's no way. Yeah. So we of course cracked the windows and give him water. And, and then we did the hike, we get back and he was happy as yeah. could be to see us and everything was fine. It could have been bad should have something happened to us out there. So that was kind of a scary, for me, I was scared. Like that's right. a, not a good situation. Um, and I didn't want to leave him tied up outside the car e either. I th like I didn't really have a good solution. Yeah. And so that's something to maybe think about. Like, cause we were like okay, either, either you don't do that third peak or like, you know, what do you do? And it was only because the dog had, had traveled so far in days one and two that he was like, okay, I'm out. I'm out. And, and the weird thing was, is like, uh, it was like day four, he was fine. Like when I got home, like, cause we did the third peak and then we drove home and then he was running around like no big deal. He was just, he was, I think they heal really fast. Right. But, but by day three, he was, uh, the muscles were sore from, I think the steepness and the distance and yeah. wasn't quite prepared for it. So, mm -hmm. 
Well, even though we run with our dog every morning, um, I, my wife and I take turns going out each morning with the dog. Um, and she's in great shape and she's a bird dog. She's meant bred to run all day and stuff like that. When we go on a backpacking trip with her and we're hiking long miles, three or four, five, six days in a row, she gets home and for like the next three or four days, she just sleeps. Yeah. And it's so sweet. It's so <laughs> nice. But she just lays around her house and sleeps and recovers. And then by like day three or four, she's excited to get out on the trails again. And anytime, even when she's tired, anytime we go out on the trails, she's excited. But you can tell, like when she's tired and we hit the trails, she's not everywhere in the bushes sniffing out birds and stuff like that. She's staying on the trail a lot more with us. And um, by the time she's recovered, she's back to her normal self, chasing birds and um, speaking of that, we were up hiking. We've got a bunch of wild turkeys up in our area. Yeah. She caught, Those freaked me out the first time one. I came across wild turkeys. She caught one. Yeah, that was Thanksgiving one. Thanksgiving dinner? Yeah, I, w- I felt really bad. Um, that was one time when I thought, mm, maybe I should have had her on a leash. But um, she was sniffing out birds and stuff, and she sniffed out some That's turkeys. Bird dog. Pointed them. The turkey went r- flying away, and she chased after it and caught it out of the air. Because yeah. they don't really fly they can fly like up to a branch and that's about it like yeah. they don't really fly yeah they fly. don't fly long distances yeah. and stuff but she it started flying down the hill and she was hot on its hills and caught it out of midair right by me like it was like 15 feet away from me so i like ran over and grabbed her and told her to let go and she let go of the bird and the bird flew off so it was fine the bird wasn't dead but still i felt pretty bad <laughs> whoops um nice yeah anyway so that happened so that happened. I, know, I feel like a really bad dog owner now. Yeah. But I love my dog. Like, I, I love my freaking dog. Yeah. Um, so and that's why I take him everywhere. everywhere. But we learn. from. So we tell these stories where so that hopefully. Because now, I know, now I know. Yeah. <laughs> our, our mistakes. I'm like, okay, yeah, I probably should have done this or that. Yeah. Yeah. I think there are a lot of people listening to this that are thinking, wow, those guys are horrible dog owners. And then there are other people that are like, no, they're just normal people that like we all gone through this and they understand. And we're here to, to share our bad examples so that you can learn from it. <laughs> <laughs> so anyway, yeah. cool. Well, thanks for listening to the podcast today. Hopefully you found this helpful, especially if you have dogs and, and also, if you don't have dogs, maybe you can um, have, about have a little one. bit of, or I was thinking, have a little bit of empathy for, for dog owners. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know. Or for the dogs. I, I don't know. Or maybe you should get one, and then you'll understand. Dogs are awesome. We love it, and we definitely love when they can get in the backcountry with us. So, um, Thanks for listening. Here's, uh, let's see. Uh, like us on Facebook. I've, Good. Yeah. Follow, Follow on Instagram, Instagram yep. at gear30 and also visit our website gear30.com spelled out G-E-A-R-T-H-I-R-T-Y.com. And that's it. So-